letter eleven of the borough by george crabbe this librivox recording is in the public domain letter eleven ends all the comforts of life in a tavern are known tis his home who possesses not one of his own and to him who has rather too much of that one tis the house of a friend where he's welcome to run the instant you enter my door you're my lord with whose taste and whose pleasure i'm proud to accord and the louder you call and the longer you stay the more i am happy to serve and obey to the house of a friend if you're pleased to retire you must all things admit you must all things admire you must pay with observance the price of your treat you must eat what is praised and must praise what you eat but here you may come and no tax we require you may loudly condemn what you greatly admire you may growl at our wishes and pains to excel and may snarl at the rascals who please you so well at your wish we attend and confess that your speech on the nation's affairs might the minister teach his views you may blame and his measures oppose there's no tavern treason you're under the rose should rebellions arise in your own little state with me you may safely their consequence wait to recruit your lost spirits tis prudent to come and to fly to a friend when the devil's at home that i've faults is confessed but it won't be denied tis my interest the faults of my neighbours to hide if i've sometimes lent scandal occasion to prate i've often concealed what she loved to relate if to justice's bar some have wandered from mine twas because the dull rogues wouldn't stay by their wine and for brawls at my house well the poet explains that men drink shallow draughts and so madden their brains a difficult subject for poetry invocation of the muse description of the principal inn and those of the first class the large deserted tavern those of a second order their company one of particular description a lower kind of public houses yet distinguished among themselves houses on the quays for sailors the green man its landlord and the adventure of his marriage and so on much do i need and therefore will i ask a muse to aid me in my present task for then with special cause we beg for aid when of our subject we are most afraid ends are this subject tis an ill-drawn lot so thou who gravely triflest fail me not fail not but haste and to my memory bring scenes yet unsung which few would choose to sing thou mad'st a shilling splendid thou hast thrown on humble themes the graces all thine own by thee the mistress of a village school became a queen enthroned upon her stool and far beyond the rest thou gavest to shine belinda's lock that deathless work was thine come lend thy cheerful light and give to please these seats of revelry these scenes of ease who sings of ends much danger has to dread and needs assistance from the fountain-head high in the street o'erlooking all the place the rampant lion shows his kingly face his ample jaws extend from side to side his eyes are glaring and his nostrils wide in silver shag the sovereign form is dressed a mane horrific sweeps his ample chest 
elate with pride he seems to assert his reign and stands the glory of his wide domain yet nothing dreadful to his friends the sight but sign and pledge of welcome and delight to him the noblest guest the town detains flies for repast and in his court remains him too the crowd with longing looks admire sigh for his joys and modestly retire here not a comfort shall to them be lost who never ask or never feel the cost the ample yards on either side contain buildings where order and distinction reign the splendid carriage of the wealthier guest the ready chaise and driver smartly dressed whiskies and gigs and curricles are there and high-fed prancers many a raw-boned pair on all without a lordly host sustains the care of empire and observant reigns the parting guest beholds him at his side with pomp obsequious bending in his pride round all the place his eyes all objects meet attentive silent civil and discreet or all within the lady hostess rules her bar she governs and her kitchen schools to every guest the appropriate speech is made and every duty with distinction paid respectful easy pleasant or polite your honour servant mr smith good-night next but not near yet honoured through the town there swing in congress pair the bear and crown that crown suspended gems and ribbons deck a golden chain hangs o'er that furry neck unlike the nobler beast the bear is bound and with the crown so near him scowls uncrowned less his dominion yet alert are all without within and ready for the call smart lads and light run nimbly here and there nor for neglected duties mourns the bear to his retreats on the election day the losing party found their silent way there they partook of each consoling good like him uncrowned like him in sullen mood threatening but bound here meet a social kind our various clubs for various cause combined nor has he pride but thankful takes as gain the dewdrops shaken from the lion's mane a thriving couple here their skill display and share the profits of no vulgar sway third in our borough's list appears the sign of a fair queen the gracious caroline but in decay each feature in the face has stain of time and token of disgrace the storm of winter and the summer sun have on that form their equal mischief done the features now are all disfigured seen and not one charm adorns the insulted queen to this poor face was never paint applied the unseemly work of cruel time to hide here we may rightly such neglect upbraid paint on such faces is by prudence laid large the domain but all within combine to correspond with the dishonoured sign and all around dilapidates you call but none replies they're inattentive all at length a ruined stable holds your steed while you through large and dirty rooms proceed spacious and cold a proof they once had been in honour now magnificently mean 
till in some small half-furnished room you rest whose dying fire denotes it had a guest in those you passed where former splendours reigned you saw the carpets torn the paper stained squares of discordant glass in windows fixed and paper oiled in many a space betwixt a soiled and broken sconce a mirror cracked with table under propped and chairs new back a marble side slab with ten thousand stains and all an ancient tavern's poor remains with much entreaty they your food prepare and acid wine afford with meagre fare heartless you sup and when a dozen times you've read the fractured window's senseless rhymes have been assured that phoebe green was fair and peter jackson took his supper there you reach a chilling chamber where you dread damps hot or cold from a tremendous bed late comes your sleep and you are wakened soon by rustling tatters of the old festoon or this large building thus by time defaced a servile couple has its owner placed who not unmindful that its style is large to lost magnificence adapt their charge thus an old beauty who has long declined keeps former dues and dignity in mind and wills that all attention should be paid for graces vanished and for charms decayed few years have passed since brightly crossed the way lights from each window shot the lengthened ray and busy looks in every face were seen through the warm precincts of the reigning queen there fires inviting blazed and all around was heard the tinkling bells seducing sound the nimble waiters to that sound from far sprang to the call then hastened to the bar where a glad priestess of the temple swayed the most obedient and the most obeyed rosy and round adorned in crimson vest and flaming ribbons at her ample breast she skilled like circe tried her guests to move with looks of welcome and with words of love and such her potent charms that men unwise were soon transformed and fitted for the styes her port in bottles stood a well-stained row drawn for the evening from the pipe below three powerful spirits filled a parted case some cordial bottles stood in secret place fair acid fruits in nets above were seen her plate was splendid and her glasses clean basins and bowls were ready on the stand and measures clattered in her powerful hand inferior houses now our notice claim but who shall deal them their appropriate fame who shall the nice yet known distinction tell between the peal complete and single bell determine ye who on your shining nags wear oilskin beavers and bear sealskin bags or ye grave topers who with coy delight snugly enjoy the sweetness of the night ye travellers all superior ends denied by moderate purse the low by decent pride come and determine will you take your place at the full orb or half the lunar face with the black boy or angel will you dine will you prove the fountain or the vine horses the white or black will ye prefer 
the silver swan or swan approves to her rare bird whose form the raven plumage decks and graceful curve her three alluring necks all these a decent entertainment give and by their comforts comfortably live shall i pass by the boar there are who cry beware the boar and pass determined by those dreadful tusks those little peering eyes and churning chaps are tokens to the wise there dwells a kind old aunt and there you see some kind young nieces in her company poor village nieces whom the tender dame invites to town and gives their beauty fame the grateful sisters feel the important aid and the good aunt is flattered and repaid what though it may some cool observers strike that such fair sisters should be so unlike that still another and another comes and at the matron's table smiles and blooms that all appear as if they meant to stay time undefined nor name a parting day and yet though all are valued all are dear causeless they go and seldom more appear yet let suspicion hide her odious head and scandal vengeance from a burgess dread a pious friend who with the ancient dame at sober cribbage takes an evening game his cup beside him through their play he quaffs and oft renews and innocently laughs or growing serious to the text resorts and from the sunday sermon makes reports while all with grateful glee his wish attend a grave protector and a powerful friend but slander says who indistinctly sees once he was caught with sylvia on his knees a cautious burgess with a careful wife to be so caught tis false upon my life next are a lower kind yet not so low but they among them their distinctions know and when a thriving landlord aims so high as to exchange the checker for the pie or from duke william to the dog repairs he takes a finer coat and fiercer airs pleased with his power the poor man loves to say what favourite inn shall share his evening's pay where he shall sit the social hour and lose his past day's labours and his next day's views our seamen too have choice one takes a trip in the warm cabin of his favourite ship and on the morrow in the humbler boat he rows till fancy feels herself afloat can he the sign three jolly sailors pass who hears a fiddle and who sees a lass the anchor too affords the seamen joys in small smoked rooms all clamour crowd and noise where a curved settle half surrounds the fire where fifty voices pearl and punch require they come for pleasure in their leisure hour and they enjoy it to their utmost power standing they drink they swearing smoke while all call or make ready for a second call there is no time for trifling do you see we drink and drub the french extempore see round the room on every beam and bulk are mingled scrolls of hieroglyphic chalk yet nothing heeded would one stroke suffice to blot out all here honour is too nice let knavish landsmen think such dirty things we're british tars and british tars are kings but the green man shall i pass by unsung which mine own james upon his signpost hung 
his sign his image for he was once seen a squire's attendant clad in keeper's green ere yet with wages more and honour less he stood behind me in a graver dress james in an evil hour went forth to woo young juliet hart and was her romeo they'd seen the play and thought it vastly sweet for two young lovers by the moon to meet the nymph was gentle of her favours free e'en at a word no rosalind was she nor like that other juliet tried his truth with be thy purpose marriage gentle youth but him received and heard his tender tale when sang the lark and when the nightingale so in few months the generous lass was seen in the way that all the capulets had been then first repentance seized the amorous man and shame on love he reasoned and he ran the thoughtful romeo trembled for his purse and the sad sounds for better and for worse yet could the lover not so far withdraw but he was haunted both by love and law now law dismayed him as he viewed its fangs now pity seized him for his juliet's pangs then thoughts of justice and some dread of jail where all would blame him and where none might bail these drew him back till juliet's hut appeared where love had drawn him when he should have feared there sat the father in his wicker throne uttering his curses in tremendous tone with foulest names his daughter he reviled and looked a very herod at the child nor was she patient but with equal scorn bade him remember when his joe was born then rose the mother eager to begin her plea for frailty when the swain came in to him she turned and other theme began showed him his boy and bade him be a man an honest man who when he breaks the laws will make a woman honest if there's cause with lengthened speech she proved what came to pass was no reflection on a loving lass if she your love as wife and mother claim what can it matter which was first the name but tis most base tis perjury and theft when a lost girl is like a widow left the rogue who ruins here the father found his spouse was treading on forbidden ground that's not the point quoth he i don't suppose my good friend fletcher to be one of those what's done amiss he'll mend in proper time i hate to hear of villainy and crime twas my misfortune in the days of youth to find two lasses pleading for my truth the case was hard i would with all my soul have wedded both but law is our control so one i took and when we gained a home her friend agreed what could she more to come and when she found that i'd a widowed bed me she desired what could i less to wed an easier case is yours you've not the smart that two fond pleaders cause in one man's heart you've not to wait from year to year distressed before your conscience can be laid at rest there smiles your bride there sprawls your new-born son a ring a license and the thing is done my loving james the lass began her plea i'll make thy reason take a part with me had i been forward skittish or unkind or to thy person or thy passion blind had i refused when twas thy part to pray or put thee off with promise and delay 
thou mightst in justice and in conscience fly denying her who taught thee to deny but james with me thou hadst an easier task bonds and conditions i forbore to ask i laid no traps for thee no plots or plans nor marriage named by license or by bans nor would i now the parson's aid employ but for this cause and up she held her boy motives like these could heart of flesh resist james took the infant and in triumph kissed then to his mother's arms the child restored made his proud speech and pledged his worthy word three times at church our bands shall published be thy health be drunk in bumpers three times three and thou shalt grace bedecked in garments gay the christening dinner on the wedding day james at my door then made his parting bow took the green man and is a master now end of letter eleven